Hi, I'm Laura Boswell. And I'm Peter Keegan. And there's the talented Mr B on sound. Welcome to Ask an Artist. Need help to take the leap and become a working artist? The sort that actually gets to make art and pay the bills at the same time? We're both that sort of artist. We pay our bills and we do it by making art. Every week we'll be using our personal experience to give help and advice in making art your proper job whatever your friends and family may say. That's right. We'll be here to tackle everything from finances to finding a gallery, self-doubt to social media, the everyday practical stuff every artist needs to make a go of their career. So why should you trust us? In these first episodes, we'll discuss our two very different journeys into becoming full-time artists and what does and doesn't matter when you're on that journey. So, Laura, let's talk about you and your artistic career. You're really known for your beautiful uh, Japanese watercolour woodblock prints and your lino prints. Have you always been artistic and arty, you know, since you were a child? Has that always been your thing? Yeah, very much so. Um, I mean, certainly at school, I was always very passionate about drawing, especially when I discovered that I could go to the art room rather than the lacrosse pitch at my boarding school. I was very oh, right. keen oh, okay. to be in that art room. Was but art no, kind of... Was art- encouraged and supportive at school? It was pretty much. Um, I found myself as uh, a sort of very big fish in a small pond at at school. I was one of the ones that was good at it. And so I felt quite sort of talented, I guess, when I was there. Um, was but, that recognised um, in, in home life? I mean, was, was do you have an artistic no, home? No, not really. I mean, my mum was quite passionate about art, but my dad was absolutely positive. It was utter waste of time. and never <laughs> going to earn any money no. and never going to pay the bills. You'll be a struggling artist for life if yeah, you were. Yeah, totally, okay. totally. So, so how did you kind of get around that? You know, your passion well, was I did, the I did way, and but... I didn't because he wouldn't support me going to art school, which is what I really wanted to do. So I did a lot of research and I found the only course in the country which was at Aberystwyth University that taught librarianship which was like <laughs> massive brownie points because yeah. you know who doesn't want a librarian as a daughter um, this was back in the 80s when we still had libraries yeah. so it, I, it was those, librarianship those paper book things yeah that's, that's, that's totally that's what the ones, it was yeah. about at that stage um, but it also it was a joint honours that did visual art as well so I signed oh, so on you were able to still yeah, do the art yeah. okay. so I had this great plan and I got to university and after my first year I dropped the librarianship so you could just do art. <laughs> and Brilliant. took my art degree so yeah and I specialised in printmaking in my final year at university ah, so was that your first introduction to, to woodblock or lino or is it that was everything? lino and the reason for that was that I was the only person on my course who decided to specialise in printmaking in my final year so it was just me and the print studio oh wow and lino cut uh, like a lot of the listeners out there I did lino cut at school so I gravitated yeah. towards that because I basically knew how to do that whereas I didn't know how to do etching and things so your work must have really sort of stood out amongst the others if you were the only yeah I mean I was very lucky in that the head of my I wasn't taught by the class tutor I was taught by the head of the art school who was a printmaker right so every week I would go along to the his uh, room and have a tutorial and he came from Glasgow and he had a very sort of austere voice and I would go and put my work in front of him and he'd say is that it? (laughs) And I would be terrified and I would try even harder the next week. And I met him years later and realised that actually what he was saying is, oh, right, let's start the tutorial. But I always took it as personal criticism, so I tried harder each time. Oh, that seemed to do quite well in the end. It did. So you left with a degree in art. I did. So what was next after that? Well, 
After that, I left university and I married the talented Mr. B in the summer that I left university. And then I fulfilled my father's ambitions and I became a librarian in a photographic picture library. Oh, wow. Yeah, I <laughs> so know. So you were able to sort of sort of slightly combine the artistic interest with the Ooh, ambition that was passed out for you in, a, in being so a librarian. for the next, I guess, 12 years... I worked in uh, managing stock photography and I used to look after photographers and I specialised in child development, which was great because I'd had a baby and he was our stunt baby for the photo library so any child so standard, so what was that you, you like photographing yeah it was about and... child development so if we needed a baby to climb on a cooker or balance at the top of the stairs we used to make our son do all this stuff and you would be photographing yeah, that or, oh, that's wow. right and then it would go out to parenting magazines and things like that oh, but wow. we we had the work of many photographers and we had lots of other uh, babies involved in it as well but, and where was was this in was this still in Aberystwyth or no it... no this was in London Okay. So I was living in London then. So basically, I stopped. The day I left university, I stopped drawing, I stopped printmaking, I stopped making art of any sort. And I think that's really important for the listeners to know, because what I want to drive home is the fact that art doesn't die just because yeah. you stop making it. Mm. You can have a hiatus like I did of over a decade and still return to it and don't think that you'll have lost it when you return to it so did you always feel that there was this little artistic niggle I think I tried to deny it I mean the the, the reason that I returned to becoming a printmaker was that some friends of the family had a printing press and they offered this printing press to me now for the printmakers out there I should say it was an Albion printing press Mm. which is something a bit special that's quite posh that That is quite posh it's it's, it's really excellent (laughs) and for a whole year I said no because I didn't think I could do it. I didn't want to do it anymore. I couldn't draw. So I was done. this sort of wall in front? This Yeah, I just thought, I'm just going to embarrass myself. Right. I don't want to Because you were so out of practice and yeah, not totally. in Yeah, totally. I hadn't even done any drawing, let alone mm. any printmaking. So I wasn't even sure I could do it. So for a whole year, I said no. And they got increasingly impatient and then basically just dumped it on the doorstep. Oh, wow. So this <laughs> so, press arrived one day and you thought, why? Yeah. What to do More with or it? less. More or less like that. I mean, it was kind of, I got pushed into the point where I had it. Yeah. So I had to So if that, if that hadn't happened, do you think... You know, it would never have happened. Wow. I would never have gone back to being an artist. It was that random and that much of a chance. And a, sh- a bit of a shove by the signs of it totally, as well. Totally. Totally. So I don't want you to think that every artist comes from a point of burning ambition Mm. sometimes it's just a shocking event yeah or an opportunity that presents (laughs) an opportunity presents itself so when you were working in london in this photography practice as a photographer or working no 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 i wasn't i was never a photographer i used to manage the library of the stock photographs so i was responsible for supplying photographs by other photographers and arranging licensing agreements so do you think do you think you were sort of passively learning about things like composition and design by dealing with this amazing extent i mean i would say that what I learned really was what kind of photographs are needed for publications. Yeah. But what I was taking on board and what was really important to me now as a working artist were business practices, good business practices, right? administration, how to keep on top of paperwork, meet So you deadlines. were kind of behind the scenes, you know, seeing yeah. how that business yeah. structure and was working. That's really valuable. So I think whatever job you may do, 
um, while you're building your career as a working artist or running alongside you, your work as an artist, there are lots of practical things you'll find crossover into the business of, of being an artist. And you found that really useful. I mean, oh, yes. So, yes. so, how, so at that point, so the Albion Press, <laughs> yes, that landed on your doorstep it did. As in, 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 with and, a big thud. <laughs> and, and you thought, right, you're going to produce something. I mean, how yeah. did that sort of you know, you're, you're sort of replanting a seed and yeah. you, you need that to germinate. So how did that happen and how did that start? Well, in retrospect, the really interesting thing and I think the absolute thing that made it possible for me to have a career as an artist was that from day one, I was never interested in it as a hobby. I did not want right. to make prints that I was going to show to my family and then put in a drawer or maybe put on my wall. Mm. From day one, my whole mentality was aimed at, I'm doing this because I want to sell this to strangers. Wow. So you had that high, so that's I didn't quite have high any plans. Right. But I did have a very specific goal. So um, I didn't actually even have a dream about, oh, I'm going to be the artist. Mm. It was that I'm not playing at this. If I do this, it'll be because I want people to give me money. To, the, to approaching it yeah. in a professional and it's, Don't context. get me wrong. It's not. A, it was never about I need money and I want people to. I mean, we all need money, but I, it was never about I want hard cash. It was about making that sale. Mm. And for me, and still as an artist, I love the fact that a stranger likes my work so much they will buy it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's nothing more flattering than someone who wants to part with their. I mean, they're hard-earned cash mm. for something that you have created and you have this sort yes. of vision to produce. Yeah. And I think that's that's such a worthy goal to sort of to have that aim. I want to produce something and to see if someone wants it and take it away for them. Well, I think, them. yeah, I think it is. And I think I did take, I did start small though. I start my first, jo- my, the first thing I did was to join a tiny class that took place in our local village hall once a week just to see if I could draw. Oh, but okay, it wow. did make me go. It so made was that me go kind of your, almost your, re- your that re- was the re-entry, ah. if you like. And um, I took two or three courses there. And then I felt confident to sort of step off and make my first print. So that, of course, so that you were, there was like a, an artist teaching people how to do things and you were sort of one yeah. of the students in yeah. that class. I mean, it wasn't okay. anything big. And I think... Uh, one of the classes, which was which was pretty awful, we were just sort of basically copying a photograph, and mm. that I found in a way it was good to have done it because it taught me that I was bigger than that. I wasn't just going to sit there and copy things. I wanted to mm. make my own work. And did you start kind of almost re-remembering yeah. you know, some of your earlier training yeah. at, at yeah. Aberystwyth? Yeah, I think that doing those classes woke me up to the fact that I had a capability, and then having found this capability, I then thought. Now I need to frighten myself. So I found my local um, art group that ran open studios in our area. Mm. For those of you who don't have open studios, basically what that means is that all the artists in, in the UK, it tends to be by county, will have a set time of year where they open their studios and you can go and see yeah. work. And, they're and that was terrifying. Popular, they're huge. You know, but I, I thought if I don't make myself accountable by taking that first step it'll never happen so you it's you set yourself a goal you know i'm yeah. going to do yeah. this and i'm going to open yeah. and showcase yeah. my work yeah. and i'm going to get some people that don't love me to look at it <laughs> <laughs> what was what was the first 
I mean, what was the first responses that you started to sort of get from, you know, your first Well, the first were... response was, I think that the, the thing ran for nine days and I don't think anybody, any strangers showed up until maybe day seven. Oh, God. That so be... it was quite tough. That must be quite demoralising. It was in a way. I mean, I have to say my lovely, lovely family came and bought pictures, which was very <laughs> nice. Um but I kind of heart of hearts knew that it was the strangers I was after. Yeah. But that first Open Studios was sort of financially and in terms of achievement could have been seen as a total disaster. But looking back on it, I realised it was a big success because it made me do the work. It made me put it on the wall in a presentable state mm. and stand up and Well, it, it's, it's putting the groundwork into the first, the foundations of it. Yeah. And, you know, that usually, you know, even in a business, sometimes the first few years oh. doesn't bring any profit, yeah. but it's the building blocks that you Actually, need to Actually, Peter, start. I think that is a really good point. I often think about how businesses go, you know, not every business gets mm. it right all the time. You know, sometimes as an artist, when I'm feeling a bit vulnerable, I think, well, actually, do you know what? Even the big brands cock up and mm. they make mistakes. So that's that's just something worth bearing in mind. Yeah. How did you then take, so, you know, it sound, you were doing these local, the art group or the mm. county mm. show, and then mm. there, there was, there seems to be sort of a, a, a sort of a, a progression development with your work where you start sort of <laughs> well that's where there, was, there to... was another opportunity came up which was i stumbled into where the local art group i joined um advertised a job for local emerging artists and having looked on the internet i discovered i was an emerging artist i was just coming back to what does that up. mean well, it means artist. that you're starting out okay and i'd like to point out that i was at that stage in my late 30s and so i wasn't fresh out of college by any means but i was starting my art career mm. so i signed up to take part in uh they were talking about uh redeveloping a transport hub in our local town of aylesbury and and I thought Transport Hub, maybe that means a roundabout. They want some art on a roundabout. Mm. So I went in for the job and it turned out that they were looking for major public artworks. And I was so ignorant that I said yes to everything. And I ended up doing a massive enamel mural for my local town. Wow. I know. It was crazy. I think Having ha- never no. done that before. Well, I'd, I'd started printing and I was working 11 by 14 inches old money on my Albion <laughs> And discovered that I had to produce a mural that was five metres high and 140 metres long. Wow. Yeah, scary stuff. And yours was picked. I mean, I, I presume yeah. there was a, yeah. a group of other artists that, that sort of submitted. I know, I know. it was crazy. Um, but producing that mural really pivoted on the the planning and the delivery. And thanks to all my years in the photo library business, mm. I had the wherewithal to make it work from the planning angle and getting everything properly organised. It sounds like, in a way, you needed that challenge, that kind of, to really stretch you to apply for that sort of, uh, that opportunity, that sort of... Well, I think it was that urge that I was saying, like, I didn't have a master plan, but I knew I wanted to sell and I knew I wanted to be a, you know, I wanted Mm. it to be a profession, not a hobby. So I think I went into that job application in my mind. I was going to say yes and I was going to make it happen rather than that I thought it through and I had a plan. Yeah. Because I didn't. I just went in and I said, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. And then I had to make it happen. I think there's this, there's this great quote, I think it's by Richard Branson, that says, you know, if, if an opportunity prevents, uh, presents itself, you say yes, and then figure out how to do it once you've and said yes. That is <laughs> Not exactly the other way what I did. Yeah. And it was fine. It worked out okay. 
And did anything, did further things yeah, come I, from I that? I have done um, quite a lot of public art commissions following on from that. Um, I think the main thing was that it, it allowed me to have more of a presence as an artist. Mm. Um, and I've done various uh, enamels as a result of that and some other commissions. But the main main takeaway was that it, it gave me um, something to base my career as a printmaker on. Mm. So that was really helpful. So if you're back in your studio now, you're sort of producing mm. work. I presume mm. at the moment now you're producing work for for galleries that represent That's your right. work. That's right, yeah. I, I produce... Uh, I'm working with personal projects most of the time, so I'm not working to commission. And then I'm selling through galleries, online, um, and also through various other means. You mentioned a personal... What, what's a personal project? I mean, is that something you set so yourself? So personal or? project, yes, very much that I set ourselves. Maybe in some later episodes we can talk about when you have creative block yeah, and things, because I find this whole having a plan, mm. having a personal project where I set myself a brief almost really, really helpful, mm. which is something we should talk about further. Mm. Um, so that's how I work. I tend to set myself plans. Like a theme or a topic yeah, that you want to produce absolutely. a body of work. Yeah. And you produce those and then uh, the galleries sort of represent your work. And Yes, that's right. You take yes, those to different art fairs that you yes, involved with. Yeah. So there are all kinds of outlets for my work. But basically what I'm doing is I'm I'm pursuing my journey and that's what people are buying into. Mm. And that's my business model now as a working artist. So what's next? For you as an artist, I mean, is there you always are you always looking kind of tomorrow or what the next project is or the next sort of ambition? Yes, um, I'm always looking. Well, there's two two aspects. Creatively, I know I make my best work when I am out of my comfort zone and I'm problem solving and I don't quite know how I'm going to make that print work. Wow. So I'm constantly trying to so put you're kind myself of this, this, on this bed of uncertainty. Yeah, I, it's it's not comfortable, but you know that's the job. Um, but so I'm always trying to push my work mm. forward. Um, professionally, I think we're reaching a point in my career where I'm finding that um, outlets for my work are changing. I'm now selling quite a lot of work through online, through mm. social media. I've just signed up with the first gallery in America, which is very exciting. Wow. So my tube of prints has just left the office. Um, so I'm really looking also at the way that I teach, the way I work with you mm. um, and developing those those themes. So lots of things coming up. But there's always these little there's targets ahead. Always, of you. yeah. There's always I I always want to be moving forward mm. and always want to be exploring the new. That's that's my ambition, I would say. So Laura, this episode was all about you. What are your takeaways from it? My takeaway is to remind everyone that your talent and skill won't vanish just because you're taking a break. In my case, mine was one of well over a decade. You'll have gained experience along the way. So don't dither about like me. Just take the plunge and get back to making art. Thank you for listening. You can catch up with the stuff we've covered in our show notes on our website, askanartistpodcast.com. Please tell all your arty friends about us. Give us a good review and tell them what us artists do all day. 